What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Corona sessions of Jiu Jitsu Radio. We, I, dude, tell you the truth, I might like this do it this way from here on out. Yeah, I mean, it's doable for sure. We're gonna have to do these uh, unless I get the uh, unless I get the uh, the internet finally installed over at the well, studio. Well, just because I don't have to see you in person, I don't have to smell your farts. Listen, I, if anything, it's usually the other way around. I don't have to smell your breath and your farts, so I'm good. I can avoid and notice I'm getting a lot less sinus infections. So uh, I think I narrowed it down what the issue is. But listen, we're doing everything online, obviously, because I don't trust Sean being the cleanliest of people. And it's also we got a we actually just that's, got that's a, that's a good that's a good gamble. Yeah, right. By the way. Um, stay at home uh, order uh, like the rest of the state. And obviously, uh, I don't want to risk Sean getting sick and vice versa. And there's just no need out there. So we're just trying to to do our part and making sure uh, this thing gets out of the way as quickly as possible. So if there's any technical issues, just stick with us. We're trying we're doing something new. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell on YouTube. If you're listening to us to iTunes, Google, uh, play or Spotify, whatever, just hit the subscribe button and please share the podcast. We're working on getting out as much content as possible for all of you to be entertained while all this stuff is going on. Follow Shauna Gorilla Boy BJJ. Where are you this time? Are you to the side? I'm, no, I, I, you told me to hit the other thing. So now I'm to, okay. your, I'm to your left. Well, no, you're, you're, my, you're, this, you're way. this way on me. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Go so, like this. Go like this. That's to you. Go like this. No, but I need you to go like this. Okay. Keep going. So now we can fuse together like Dragon Ball. Boom. Got it. All right. Um, follow Sean Gorilla Boy BJJ. And don't forget to check out our sponsors. Check out Chocaloha.com. Use the promo code Jujitsu Radio to get 10% off your entire order. I was actually uh, talking to, I'm not allowed to say so-and-so's name. She, she told me not to say her name because she likes to be like super secret. So... Shout out to Chocaloha either way. Use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio. You get 20% off your entire order. Uh, as long as stuff is still getting delivered to you, you might want to just, you know, kind of order it ahead of time. Uh, it'll take a little while to get there maybe, but you're still going to get the promo code discount just because we love you. Chocaloha.com for some of the coolest gear. They got they still got patches. They're still putting out new shirts and rash guards. They also have a sale going on. So go snag some up. Chocaloha.com. Also, check out jujitsusoapco.com. We're working on a special uh, little collab with Jujitsu Soap. In the meantime, skip the lines at the grocery store. Skip all the worries. Skip the, the larger fees on Amazon. Go to jujitsusoapco.com. Use the promo code JJRadio, and you'll get 10% off your entire order. So you can stock up on all the soaps that they have. You can snag up some other gear, whatever you want. Um, the, be the best part is is – they make the soap out of the fat of, of rich people. Yeah, exactly. There we go. You know, eat right? the rich. Yeah, that's like that song, Eat the Rich from Aerosmith. Yeah. Or is that, was that just the movie? That they, I, think, you, I think that's just the movie. You don't, you, oh, you really don't have to use fat people to make soap? No, you can just use fat in general. Okay. So you're like just like a giant bar of soap to me if the apocalypse. Well, the apocalypse Basically, what you're saying is you want to rub me on you, and that's really weird right now. I don't see you angry. I see that big smile on your face, big boy. You're good. 
listen, check out jujitsusoko.com. Use the promo code JJ Radio. Stay clean. Wash your hands. Uh, I know that they even had some hand sanitizer for a limited amount of time, so they might make some more. Uh, best way to stay safe, just wash your hands, use the bar. I literally, as soon as I get home, if I have to go out run errands, I grab a bar of soap. Shout out to Temple. Uh, I grab a bar of soap, go straight into the shower. Listen, the, the safer you are, the better. Also, Check out our homies over at giraffechoke.com. You can see I'm snagging this sexy shirt. I don't have the hat on me. I'll grab the hat. The hat I'll use next time. But this is actually one of my favorite shirts, actually, and the hat, too. You can get your own at giraffechoke.com. Uh, orders of $99 or more get free shipping and 25% off when you use the promo code JJRadio. Now's the best time to support everybody in our community. Uh, you know, I'll, I know a lot of people might have lost their job so whatever we can do at least with the discounts we don't get any kickbacks from any other stuff this is literally just to help the community out uh all of our sponsors have been big supporter of us so we support the people in our community that also support us um help everybody out you know this one we're gonna get through together so listen if you can get a discount you can get the hookup get the homie hookup go for it so make sure you use the promo code jj radio at checkout at giraffechoke.com now with that being said, today's guest is a good friend of mine. I've done work with him in the past. Um, he is by far one of the nicest, like coolest people you will ever meet. Super approachable. You can go up and talk to him if you see him on the street. One of the nicest dudes. Hands down, one of the, one of, what well, I would say number two one two in the world in jiu-jitsu so two-time adcc champ world champ pan am champ you name it he's got it jt torres you can't leave <laughs> Deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! Let's just get this party started. So, ladies and gentlemen, two-time world champ, JT <laughs> Torres. JT, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, man. Thank you guys for having me today. I know, like, I've been bugging you about this for a while, and I even brought it up last time I saw you at, at ADCC. It was like, please, just, just do it. Just do it. Yeah, so yep. It took, it took a world pandemic for me to finally get through to, to get JT <laughs> to do this. So I appreciate it. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. So, so tell me, man, you're, you're, it looks like you're all cold there. Like, you, you got your FedEx jacket. Like, yep, yep. Well set, man. Is, is that a Supreme beanie? Is, is that what you're rocking? Yeah, Supreme Beanie, yeah. All right. You know, one of my favorite brands. So you just, you're just styling. <laughs> at home styling. Just because you're at home. At home styling. <laughs> exactly. It's, being real, it's a cozy fit here. And then I got, you know, like you said, I got the FedEx on. Yeah. Got a, you know, big shout out to FedEx out there. They're still doing deliveries. Appreciate those people. I have a student who works for FedEx, so uh, was, he, hooked, he hooked it up. I was about to save me. You just you just missed a, a great opportunity to tell the world you were sponsored by FedEx. Come on, bro. Come on. You're right. You're right. Man. No, he's just name dropping to make sure those packages keep on coming in. Exactly. Exactly. So is it actually cold up there or what? 
Um, I think she's like in the forties right now. So it's not- yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not too bad though, but uh, at least it's not raining. It's been raining a lot the last few days, so the rain's passed now, which makes it easier to uh, get through the days. Yeah, and and uh, lockdown up here. So how's uh, how's everything going for you, considering everything? Um, considering everything's going pretty well. You know, I'm trying to trying to keep my trying to keep my focus and and stay busy, stay active. I'm still you know working out at home, and I'm still doing a little bit of training with with my fiance at home. We have you know a second bedroom. We turn into a a mat room for now. So staying busy, staying active. Uh, trying not to let the time just pass i'm trying to make the most of my time and like i said when you, when you stay busy i i think it's easier to go through this uh uh you know uh, quarantine lockdown that we're, we're in right now so they they have you guys legitimately locked out you can't even go to your own gym to train um I, you know i can i can leave the house but they're they're yeah, yeah, we we can leave the house, but they're asking us to only leave the house for like essential needs, right? And my academy is called Essential, so I was trying to find a loophole through that, you know. But I don't, <laughs> I don't think they would approve. But yeah, the only one that's leaving if we're getting food or gas or like medical attention or something of that sort. So I've just been home, um, just been home, and you know I have some mats here at my house, so it's not so bad. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't really gone anywhere in two and a half weeks, to be honest with you. Just just been at home. Yeah. So let, let me ask you a question. Yeah. How, how good does it feel healing up? Healing up feels great. <laughs> I, and, I, and I said that like a week ago. I was talking with one of my friends. I was like, you know what? At least one of the good things that comes out of all of this is that any nagging injuries that any of us had gets, gets to heal up now because usually I'm on the grind every day because – you know, especially in my position, I'm a gym owner. I'm, a, I'm still a full-time competitor, and I'm a full-time coach. So I'm constantly on the run, constantly on the move, teaching, training, competing. I'm always doing something. So I never really have time to rest. And, and now that this has happened, everything's just come to like a screeching halt. And now I'm like, wow, my body does feel pretty good. I've been sleeping a lot and, and just healing up. And you know, so that if there is one good thing that comes out of this, it's that body gets some time to rest, and so does the mind. Do you get any kind of just sense of like you got to move, you got to move, just because like you've you're always so active, you're always doing stuff. So now you just literally went from a hundred to zero. Like, did you yeah. need a couple of days of that adjustment, or is it still hitting you? Um, I needed to adjust the first week. So I closed my academy officially. March 13th was the first was the day where we said, you know what, we're going to shut down. This is even before the government mandated that we shut down. So I shut down just, you know, try to do my part in stopping the spread of the virus. Because here, I mean, we're where I'm where I'm in New York. My academy is in Westchester County, New York. So when the first like big epicenter popped up, it was in New Rochelle, which is like five miles away from my academy. It's like down the street from the academy. So I was like, man, this is crazy. This is getting nuts. So we closed down. And those, that first week that I closed down, I was stuck at home doing nothing. And that's when it really hit me, like, damn, I'm going crazy. Um, I kind of, you know, I, I, I started thinking about how, uh, you know, I watch a show called Lockdown all the time where they go into, like, prisons and stuff yeah. like that. And I started thinking about, like, man, how are these prisoners, like, who get sent to the hole for 90 days do it? 
you know, I, I'm going crazy here already. And it's only been a week, but you know, I had to adjust. I had to get used to it. And I had to tell myself just, you know, do the most with your time because that first week that we shut down, I just sat around and just watched TV all day. Cause I was, I was just bummed out, man. I was bummed out about everything that was happening. I was, you know, a little freaked out. My mom and sister and father, they all work in hospitals and, you know, dealing with patients and stuff like that. So I'm worried about them. Obviously worried about, you know, losing a business that I've worked so hard to build the last couple of years. So that first week, I was just bummed out, just sat around, just ate and just watched Netflix. And I told myself, you know what, man, I can't do this. If this is going to last for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, whatever it is, I can't do this. I got to make the most of my time and, and stay positive. And I find when you, when you stay active, it's easier to stay positive, keep a positive mindset. So I, I called up my, my strength conditioning coach. I was like, hey, can you send me some home workouts? I got a, a set of five-pound dumbbells, 20-pound dumbbells. I got a jump rope. And I got some bands. He goes, perfect. That's enough. And he's been sending me some killer workouts. So shout out to Coach John. And uh, I've also been doing uh, online classes for my students through Zoom, actually, as well. So uh, which is giving me a, a sense of, uh, of being nor uh, in a normal routine again, which, which makes me happy. So yeah, just trying to make the most of my time, try to stay active. But that first week, I was bummed out, but I had to switch up the mindset real quick. Now, did, did you want to switch up your mindset because you watched Tiger King and you were like, dude, <laughs> this guy's got it. And we're gonna, I, I figured it out now. So I'm going to follow his lead and make things happen. You know, when I was watching Tiger King, I was like, well, you know, at least that guy has bigger problems than I do right now. So I was like, it made me feel better about, about my situation. <laughs> it could <laughs> always be worse. I could be Wait, Joe Exotic right now. Just, exactly. Just for, so we were talking. So Jake, I don't know, Jake. I I'm a gym owner as well. Nice. Not, a very tiny gym. A very very tiny gym. But I was talking with my partners yesterday because we made an amount uh, a video announcement saying how we weren't going to charge the members for the month of April and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. We started talking about um, Tiger King, and the fact is, what's you don't have to worry about this, but it, it'll make sense to Alex and and the rest of the world, but there is straight ties to where we're from, to, to our actual county. Like the dude got to start at um, Lion Country Safari, which is right down the road from yeah. like, like everything starts here. So like, if you've ever heard of Florida man, <laughs> this is where it all starts. And then, and, and Tiger King has just put us on blast. So that's crazy, thank man. Thank you, Netflix. Yeah, we can't, we can't <laughs> toss that bullet. Like, I promise you every time something pops up, like some crazy news, most of us are like, please be don't don't be from Florida, don't be from Florida, and then it comes up. It's like Florida, man. Like fuck, like, it's always from Florida, man. Flor you know, there's a thing that if you just Google Florida, man, yeah, crazy things pop up, and I've done it myself. I'm like, man, what's going on in Florida, man? There's always something crazy going off down there. Listen, you're more than welcome to come by anytime. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the record, I do love Florida. I love visiting. I love well, you were just here there. too before everything happened. You were just here, like so. Are you allowed to yeah. talk about that that whole training session you guys had down here? Because it's kind of yeah. like it was, it was almost like a secret. People knew that you guys were down here, but they didn't know what was really going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, basically, we were all invited to come down, almost like a a training camp slash vacation kind of thing. And it was cool. You know, it was cool. I had fun. We were down in Miami. Uh, when was it? It was, it was, was it January? Yeah, it was like a, towards the end of January, I think. Somewhere on that date? I'm sorry you were in Miami. 
I mean, <laughs> I can't stay in Miami, bro. If I go to, if I go south of Boca, I get angry. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. It's, not, it, it, it's definitely not a place where I can live. I'll say that. You know, I like visiting. I like seeing the beach and, you know, seeing, uh, I guess, the Miami lifestyle, if you can say, yeah. you know, the nice cars driving around and things like that. But They're all rentals. I, don't worry. They're all yeah, rentals. Yeah, that's what, that, that's what I've heard. But after a few days, uh, I definitely can't see myself living in a place like Miami. I've visited other places. I've been to, like, Fort Lauderdale. I like that place. It's pretty cool, pretty chill. Um, not too far from Miami though. Right. Yeah. Um, but going back to the training, it was, it was cool, man. Uh, we were there for a week towards the end of January, which was cool for me because I'm, I was coming from New York and you know, we're, it gets cold up here. It's we're already in April. I'm wearing a, a beanie and a hoodie still. So in January it was even colder. So when they told me, Hey, come down to Miami for a week, come train, hang out and get food. I was like, sure, I'll go down. Let's get it. So and who it was, was- cool, man. Who was part of the camp? It was you, uh, Gordon, Gary, and a couple of other people, right? Actually, uh, it, it was me, Gordon, uh, Kainan, Mike Perez, the Rotula brothers, Oliver Taza, Nikki Ryan, Ethan. Uh, I don't know how I really say his last name. I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to butcher his last name. Ethan, um, Craig Jones, Henry Cejudo came down for the week to teach us wrestling at night. So it was a cool group. It was a cool group um yeah it was cool man it was really cool and, and the cool part about it i got to get to know other people like uh, you know the donna her guys i got to i got to know them a little bit better because we spent a whole week together we're, we're in a house together training together every day so it was cool so i mean you guys don't ever really run into each other i mean you're only an hour apart really just because it we're only an hour apart but you know um i've had a few of those guys come up and crossing with me in the past um for example gordon came up once to train in the gi um oliver taza came up to train in the gi once so or he's come up two or three times now actually so i've had a few of those guys come up and cross train with me before usually when they want to cross and they want to cross train in the gi um because i i'm not i'm not sure why i guess maybe they want to explore gi options you know but i'm always you know super happy to invite anyone or welcome anybody into my gym whatever what if they want to gi or no gi doesn't really matter to me but um yeah we don't really run into each other too often you know new york there's so many people in new york and they got their crew down there i got my crew up here so so we're an hour apart but i'm an hour we're, we're an hour apart but i'm north of the city and they're in the city so yeah. that's like two whole different worlds there you yeah. know and there's a, a part of new york who likes to be in the city and then there's a part of new york who hates being in the city and I'm part of the group who hates being in the city full time, you know, so I'm in Westchester County, which is, you know, the outskirts of the city. We're really only, we're 22 miles north of Manhattan, actually. We're not yeah. that far at all. Like, I can get down into the city, especially now there's no traffic. I can probably drive into Manhattan within 10 minutes Wow. right now. Yeah, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, it's crazy. But when there's traffic and there's normal traffic, it, it can take up to 45 minutes to an hour. Um, but yeah, so we don't really run into each other too often just because New York's so busy and, and, and I mean, everyone's doing their thing and I'm, I'm at the Academy every day. You know, I'm a, I'm a gym owner who, who's invested into my Academy. Uh, I know there's gym owners out there who open an Academy and, you know, they show face once, once or twice a week, you know, I'm there every day. So I'm busy, you know, running my own gym, coaching my guys and, and just, you know, building up my program. Yeah. It was funny. I was just telling Sean before you jumped on that when I came up there to do that tatami shoot, yeah. it was just like mind blowing. I was like, man, 
I mean, I've been up in that general area before, like way back when I when I was living in New York for a little bit. But yeah, just I remember coming out of the train station, like, where the hell am I? This is like <laughs> Smallville. I was like, this is nice. How is this in the state of New York? Like, right. It's like the school is, is like walking distance away. Like this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. I'm from. I'm originally from Buffalo. Oh, nice. So it's like. Him saying, how is this in New York? It makes me want to reach through the friggin' listen, computer man. and smack him. All of New York is not New York City. Yeah, but exactly. Uh, listen, exactly. you're talking You're talking to the immigrant who's ever since I was a kid, even like when we flew by, it's like just seeing the Statue of Liberty and the little parts of New York that I ever saw was just this city, you know? And even when I went in there to live there, I was living on 92nd and 2nd. So I was in the, like the middle of like the city and it was just... Holy crap, you guys have actual trees and forests up here. I didn't yeah. know this. New, York, New York's a beautiful state. Like, uh, like most people think New York City is just uh, – New York's just New York City, you know. Yeah. But New York's actually a really beautiful state. We have a lot of, you know we, – we got some mountains. We got some woods. You know, oh, we, that's we amazing. Nice things to do. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's nice. I, th I think people – if even just, you know, coming up to – to your academy, if you went up there for the week to train and just see everything else that's out there, man, it's it's mind blowing how how pretty it really is up there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've had some visitors from all over the world, you know. Um, and usually, when when visitors come to New York to to do like a jiu jitsu tour, they stay in the city, which is cool. If you're a tourist, you know you want to stay in the city and all that. But I remember um, there's been a few a few visitors who've come stay in the city and then they come up to visit my academy. They're like, man so much nicer up here and this and that we're gonna start staying up here and they'll they've come back already like for a second or third time now they end up staying in westchester because it's one it's cheaper yeah two it's nicer and, and still we're close enough to the city where if you want to go to the city and explore it you can go to the city and explore but you don't have to deal with you know the prices the people yeah. and just the, the madness of the city you know so let me ask you when when all this hit like outside of obviously worrying about family the what what really like sunk into you first? Was it thinking about what's going to happen to the academy, or was it what's going to happen to to me and the and the fiance? Um, man, um, that's kind of the I, same thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's, it's well, kind I of mean, the same thing. it's because you you've worked so hard to to build up essential BJJ. And I mean, like yeah. I've been to the school, it's an amazing school. So thank you. It's to sit there and see, man, like, okay, what are we going to do now? Like kind of thing, like, cause we don't know how long this is going to be. And then you guys aren't allowed to, to train. So it's like, I know a lot of people as a business owner, they're more freaked out about that, but you and the wife are so close that like, just, yeah. I know that you always have each other's back. So I'm just, yeah curious which one did the competitor part hit you first like about the training was it the really the businessman part like which one really kind of came into your mindset first the first thing that came into my mindset was um was was losing the academy right and um business is business right like we we all need to make money in this world for for us to live and and you know keep our lives going on but I've never been someone who's just about the money or someone who, you know, who, who needs all the money. I've always been someone, you know, when I first started doing jujitsu as a kid, I remember talking early on and I, and I told myself, one of the things I want to do is have an academy one day. I've always been so passionate about having my own academy. 
And, you know, I worked super hard and, you know, me and my wife, we, we, we opened up essential, I think three and a half years ago now, four years ago. And we've built up such a special, uh, something special there. Um, something that I'm deeply rooted in and invested in as far as the team goes. Right. Like I, I love my students, man. I love hanging out with my students. I love coaching my students. I love just being at the Academy with my students. So the first thing that popped into my mind was like, man, is this is all going to end? You know, am I going to, are we going to lose all of this? And I got worried, you know, I got really worried. Um, but that's at the same time, that's the reason why we closed earlier than, than the government even mandated just because, I wanted to look out for my students. I didn't want someone to get sick in the academy. I didn't want something to happen. So I, originally when we first closed, I said, let's close for two weeks. Let's see what happens in two weeks. And everyone was cool with it. Obviously, you know, the issue got worse and, you know, now we're closed longer. But that's the first thing that popped into my mind. I was like, man, we're going to lose everything we built. You know, you know, the students love being here. I love being here with the students. You know, I don't want to lose my team. I don't want to lose my little jiu-jitsu family that we've built. All right. And then what about like the, the competing aspect of it? I mean, granted you have time until ADCC and everything, but I know that you're, you're a competitor down to the bone. Yeah. So it's like that time is, has got to kind of click. Like you feel that clock taken almost. Yeah. You know, the clock is definitely taken. I'm, I'm 30 years old. You know, I'm still, I'm young, of course, but you know, as far as athletics go, you know, you start, you start getting older in terms of athletics go right when you start hitting your thirties and things like that. I feel great. Obviously, uh, you know, I feel healthy and sharp. I feel I can still compete at the highest level. And I feel I proved that just winning this last ADCC a few months ago. But of course that popped into my mind, especially when everything happened, I was getting ready for the third coast grappling. I had a super fight there. And the crazy part about it, I, I did a whole training camp for, I, I got down and weight. Uh, I was drilling, sparring, like I was in shape for that. And then they called, they, they canceled the event uh, the week of, right? So let's say I was supposed yeah. to fight Saturday. They canceled it, I think, Monday or Tuesday. So I was like, damn, that, that freaking sucks. And they, and they canceled it due to coronavirus, you know, whatever, whatever, which at the time, it wasn't such a serious threat in the state. So I was like, man, this kind of sucks. Why did they cancel it? I don't think they needed to cancel it, you know? Yeah. And then I said, you know what, screw it, whatever. Then I signed up for Pan Ams. So I signed up for Pan Ams. So I kept training because I didn't, you know, after you train and you get in shape and ready to, to compete and then, you know, your, your, your time to compete just gets taken away. You feel, you feel like you're not fulfilled. Like, I feel like I needed to do something to, you know, I mean, like I got in shape. I want to, I want to do something with this right now. So that's why I signed up for Pan Ams and then boom, that got canceled too. And I was like, whoa. I guess this is pretty serious now, you know? Yeah. And when it really hit me was when I was sitting, I was, it was Wednesday night, actually. So I, I think March 13th, if I'm correct, was a Thursday night, right? Mm -hmm. So March 12th, I was sitting on my couch at night after a hard day of training and teaching and all that, watching uh, the NBA. I was watching a game. Mm -hmm. And then uh, like halfway through the third quarter or something like that, they said, the NBA officially suspends the whole season. Yeah. Uh, and I told myself, whoa, this is serious now. This is getting crazy, man. And uh, think, Do you think it's going to change competing going forward? Like, do you think this could change the way, like, the whole tournament style has been done? I mean, think about how many people come in contact at one yeah. time. Yeah, I, I think it will change it. And, and I think it's going to change it for the good where they're going to make sure 
um, you know, athletes are healthy. You know what I'm saying? They're going to make sure athletes are healthy. I don't know if they're going to require temperatures to be taken or, you know, skin, um, yeah. skin, you know, overlooking That's, everyone's skin yeah. real quick, make sure they don't got any weird bumps on them. I, you know, I'm not sure what they're going to do, but I'm assuming something's going to change, right? Usually when something this drastic happens in anything in life, usually something changes after it. So I'm assuming everything in life is going to change after this, I believe, but especially for jujitsu and not only just jujitsu, I think everything, you know, uh, NFL, NBA, uh, wrestling, everything's going to change a little bit. Um, but I think it's going to change for the good. I think they're going to just make sure that everyone's healthy and no one's carrying anything to spread it. Um, of course you can't change. You can't, you can't, uh, you know, stop everything from happening, right? Because you can have something that's dormant and, and no one knows that we have it. But I think they're going to take more uh, efforts to make sure uh, nothing gets spread throughout athletes and things like that. Well, you had the issue even at ADCC, so you got a little head start on everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, that was pretty wild, too. I remember when that happened. Um, I didn't really, you know, I know people were going crazy about it. Like, these guys need to get, you know, kicked off the ADCC, whatever, this and that, this and that. I know there's a whole drama around that right now. Um, it's a, that's a tough call, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, it's not my position to make the call, but I, I will say this. I remember after I competed in ADCC, I won. Obviously, I felt, it felt great to win. And then usually what I like to do is I always set a nice little vacation for myself after a major tournament, you know, just yeah. to let my body heal up and rest and, and more importantly, rest the mind. Because so much goes into it, you know, when you prepare for a big tournament like that, so much of it is mental. So after ADCC, a week after ADCC, I was on a plane down to Mexico with my fiance. We're going to hang out in an all-inclusive resort for, we were there for, I think, like five days, four days. And it was great. And I remember the night before, the, the day before we were supposed to fly out, I woke, I woke up that day and I remember my eye felt a little weird. I was like, oh, I, I feel like I got something in my eye. And I looked at it. I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then as the day went on, it started getting worse and worse and worse. And then I woke up the next day to catch my flight. And when I woke up, my eye was just glued shut. And I was like, what a shitty way to start my vacation, man. You know, yeah. but I, I didn't let it stop me from enjoying it though. I still had a great time and, you know, winning at ACC helped me so what, you, so what you're saying you're you're responsible for the pink eye epidemic in uh, in mexico is that what you're telling me <laughs> uh uh no comment <laughs> That's, that was the worst that happened to me i remember like from jujitsu i don't know if i don't know if i showed you sean i remember one day i was like man my eye is hurting and then the next morning same thing i woke up I was like i couldn't open my eye and i've had like eye allergies and issues before so i was like i wasn't too worried i remember right. waking up and going to the mirror and my eye was out to here where yeah. I screamed, I screamed into the mirror. Just ah! like, so I can't even imagine. I would probably be a little bit paranoid being in the back room over there at ADCC. Be like, don't touch me, bro. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it, it was, uh, yeah, exactly. But you know, when I was in ADCC, it wasn't even not something I thought about. Cause I was just so, you know, yeah. you know, locked in on what I had to do when I was out there. But, um, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. If I had some sort of pink eye or something like that, I don't know if I would try to withdraw from the tournament myself. I don't know. You know, I don't think so. Not not something like ADCC. Not ADCC. You don't pull. You don't pull out of that. Right. That's a hard call. If they force me not to compete, then that's different, right? Right. Um, But I don't know. That's that's a tough call, man. I don't know. You know, you. Who who was there? Do we know who Patient Zero was there? I'm not sure. There's there's a lot of rumors going around. 
um, who was patient zero. Uh, but I'm not sure who it was, to be honest with you. Um, but I don't think we will ever know. I don't know. Come we'll on, man. Let's hear <laughs> He's not allowed to Let's make hear. accusations. He's going to work <laughs> with these people. There's the levels. We can talk about it because we're not going to have to roll against them, but they have to work against them. What do you mean? I, I, can, had to I can point fingers all day. I, I had to roll against Cyborg. <laughs> no. I mean, oh man! I remember, like, I was like, I actually talked to Cyborg about it when he did the grand opening for Jay Z's gym. He's like, man, it was so crazy. But like, I remember it started off with like Keenan and then Josh, and then that was like a big issue. I'm like, so someday someone's yeah. gonna write a book about it. There's gonna yeah, be like stories. The yeah, there's gonna AG, be stories about yeah. ADCC. Let me let me ask you a question because yeah. I've been I'm 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 getting up there in age, even though I don't look it. I look a splendid uh, I look like I'm in my 30s at least <laughs> for sure <laughs> what planet <laughs> but I, I you know I'm I'll, uh, I'll be 47 in June I still compete I do you know I do the masters and all that nice, stuff. man you look great for 47 don't lie to thank the you. guy don't thank lie. you um my whole thing is, is is like I'm I'm so stoked on these on these like uh fight to wins and all these these one match um you know grappling events i'm like dude i could train for one match yeah like all year long like i could do this we could do this every week yeah and, but like when it comes to a tournament like after you do a tournament you're like man i need a, i need a break i need yeah. a break oh, it's yeah, like 100%. part of me part of me thinks we should just start going to this more to this one one match tournament style for everything yeah like yeah. like maybe even like like a few little tournaments here and there but like Maybe at the end of like uh, like like just say for IBJJF like um, maybe the opens determine like like if you if you win an open you get to go to the turn you get not just medal but like if you win like maybe that would maybe that would be it, like cut down on like like say the who can go to the world championships yeah make it more exclusive I don't know maybe it would be a less of a you know kind of a less of a uh, I guess an, an event, and, and and I'm sure you know IBJJF wouldn't be happy about that. I mean, they're gonna lose out a lot of money, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not a bad I, idea, man. You know, I just think it's like you know, thinking of nowadays, it's like you see these. You know, I'm older, and you're like you said, you're getting into your 30s, you young son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know, I could still if I could do these these trainings. Imagine how you how much longer your competitive career could be if you could just one one of these uh weekly things that would be so much better i think yeah 100 percent. you know even now even with that not being kind of set in place the way you just you know broke it down even but even the way you broke down is the way i approach my competitive career now these last few years i would say since i was about 26 i started doing exactly just that now when you when i compete i focus on doing more super fights now i try to do a super fight you know every couple months and then here in between i'll do the major tournaments so i'll i'll compete in adcc pan ams and worlds um and, and then in between those tournaments i'll do a few little opens and super fights so i'm not trying to compete in a big tournament every weekend you know i just don't feel there's a need to do that anymore um one i think you're just open you, you open yourself more to injuries too when you do that right you're just constantly competing 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 um, so nowadays, I try to focus on just doing more super fights, 
and just focus on the major tournaments, which are just two or three of them a year. Yeah, but you're also at a completely different level than 90% of the field. So there's, right. they, they, you wouldn't really get anything out of doing a, a Naga or something like that. Like, right. that, that's true. Paycheck. Like, there's no point for you. You put that's true. way too much time and money into yourself. So, like, at this point in time, you built the brand, you know? It's you, true. It's true. And I used to do that when I first, I mean, since I, since I first started competing at 15, all the way up until 25 years old, I used to compete every weekend, every weekend for years, man, for years. I remember, I remember there was, there was this one crazy trip as a black belt that I took. I remember I flew, I flew to Japan, right, where I flew, I flew to Guam first. I stayed in Guam for two weeks, did a training camp out there. And then from there, I went up with the guys from Guam up to Tokyo, competed in the Asian Open. I won. Let's say I competed Saturday and Sunday. Monday, I flew back to New York, uh, landed Tuesday. Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon, I was on a flight already back, uh, back to Brazil, to Sao Paulo, to compete at a tournament down there. Oh, so, like, yeah, it was insane. Like, I used to do that all the time, you know, country to country one side of the world to the other side of the world. And, you know, I used to do that for years, for years. Um, you know, now, now, like you said, I, I've built my brand. I, I, I did what I had to do to build my, my name, right? And now I can kind of just sit back and, and get the super fights that financially make sense for me to do and, you know, do the, do the big tournaments that, you know, bring me the big titles and with the big titles come along, sponsors, seminars, prior lessons, you know, things like that. Like you said, you, you hit it right in the head, building the brand and then just, you know, cashing off of it. Right. That's what we got to do. You got to build your brand and, and make your living off of that. Let me ask you a question because you brought it up. Now, let me preface yep. by saying I'm not accusing you of this. OK, I'm just I'm just curious. Do you think that a lot of the bigger names or the higher level guys would go over to the Asian Open because they thought it was an easy win? Because the level of jujitsu there wasn't as high as here or in Brazil. Uh, for sure, I would say that. You know, um, you see, you see that happen a lot. You see a lot of people travel all over the world to the smaller tournaments that they can make points or get, you know, you know, a gold medal from. And you know, it's all part of building the brand. It's right? the game. I mean, the the game's the game. It's it is what it is. It's the game's the game. But um, I think that's happening less and less now because jujitsu is getting tougher all over the world now. You do you know. notice do you notice any specific part in the world where like the game has stepped up more than than what it used to be or like you you really saw an increase in the level Poland Europe. Europe. Poland yep yep Europe Poland uh last year I went to Poland I did a training camp out there they invited me out I stayed out in Poland for a week and I taught a camp um for 5 days I taught Gianogi I was doing two training sessions a day oh. and when I you know they they contacted me um, my good friend Yadik out there, he, he, he uh, contacted me. He goes, hey, I wanna, we want to bring you out for a camp. And it's gonna, you're going to have a lot of fun. Come out, teach us gi and no gi twice a day. You know, you're going to have a great time. I said, sure, let's do it. I knew beforehand going to Poland that it was going to be tough. Just because I know I've seen them. I've seen some of the Polish guys compete at ADCC. And, and, and I just know... Uh, so I have, uh, I have a student at my academy, uh, uh, Wojtek, and his name's Wojtek, and he's actually like my, 
<laughs> he's my contractor, <laughs> no, actually. That's yeah. <laughs> Boy, yeah. And he, he, he actually built my academy, but he's one of the toughest guys I, I know, man. He's just a savage, just a super nice guy, but super tough, man. So I knew going to Poland, I was like, all right, I'm going to have a good time, but I know I'm going to have a, a, you know, a, some, some hard training out there. So I went out there, and when I showed up to teach the camp, there was literally like 100 people on the mats, you know? I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Because they love jiu-jitsu out there, man. They love jiu-jitsu. And uh, on top of that, man, the Polish people, they're just like big, strong people too, man. Like I just yeah. noticed that. I was like, man, everyone's like at least six foot, six foot one, 200 pounds in shape. I was like, all right, it's going to be good. But I had a great time out there. I trained super hard with the guys out there. Um, super friendly people, man. Super friendly people but some of the toughest freaking people I've ever met, man. And, and spending time in Poland, I got to learn more about the history of the country and everything that, you know, the, the Polish people have been through that have made them so tough. But yeah, man, uh, you know, when I, when I was, basically what I'm trying to say is when I was training out there, it really hit me that the Europeans are stepping up the jiu-jitsu game out there, man. Like when I, sh when I showed up to teach the first day, like I said, there was a hundred people in the mats. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Like 10 years um, ago, it wouldn't even happen. You'd have maybe like 10, 20 max. Right, right, exactly. And, and, and a good part of that group were black belts and brown belts who were good. Like, yeah. you know, they were really good. Like I have, uh, we, we filmed a lot of the sparring sessions out there and I've been posting them online and stuff like that. And you guys can see, people can see that at my sparring sessions, I'm not just, you know, beating them up like there are some white belts. Like we're, we're training. It's, you a, know? it's war. It's a war. It's war. Yeah, we're training. We're going after it, man. So um, I would say Europe, man. Europe's really, uh, really stepped up the jiu-jitsu game within the last five years, I would say. And um, all throughout Europe, you know, all throughout Europe, man, they're just, they're killing it, man. They're killing it. Yeah. When you, when you do the seminars and stuff, are you one of those guys that um, will goes for like roles with like the students after or you just kind of prefer more hands-off just to avoid injury just because of the level where you compete at um no i always train man i always train with all the students i try to um i i and beforehand i tell the students this i'm like hey i'm more than happy to spar with any of you guys and i always tell them i'm not looking to get hurt though you know i'm i'm down to train hard because you can train hard and not get hurt you gotta you know you got to train smart, but yeah. I'm, I, I always tell them, look, I'm going to, I'm going to match your pace. I'm willing to train hard. I'm not looking to get hurt or prove anything or look or, or make it look like we're fighting in the finals of ADCC right now right, right. or the world championships. But if you want to do that, I can do that too. But <laughs> it's like either we can do this and have a fun role for, for the gram or I can make your life miserable. So right, basically right. you're saying you avoid white belts and purple belts. Those are the most dangerous ones, man. Hundred percent. White belts are like the. It's like white belts because they know nothing and they'll do anything because yep. they just don't know. And then yep. because they're so aggressive and hungry. It's true, man. It's true. It's true. But you know, I'm always willing to train hard with the students. I like training with the students. Uh, my last seminar was actually, you know, a couple of weeks ago before this all took place, all of the coronavirus stuff. Uh, I was in Kentucky at uh, at Chu Jitsu Academy, um, and he we we had a huge turnout for his seminar. We had like sixty people show up for for the seminar, 
and I train with everybody or with most people. I couldn't train with all 60 people, obviously, but I train with a lot of people round after round, round after round. And everyone was like, man, how do you do that? Man, it's so cool that you did that. You know, sometimes we have, you know, high level black belts come and teach us and then that's it. You know, they don't roll with us or train with us. I'm like, no, man, I'm always down to train and stuff like that. I, I enjoy training. And I think it's, uh, I think one, the students appreciate it because obviously they want to learn from you, but they always want to get that chance to, you know, feel your level and see what they need to work on to get to that level or see where they're at. Um, and two, I think it's also easier. It's, it's a good way for me to show them what I just taught you guys works. Cause usually what I try to do when I train with the students afterwards, I try to hit the techniques that I just taught throughout the seminar. And, and, and like I said, I think the students always appreciate it. They always get a, you know, a good kick out of it. It's like, uh, you know, I'm a huge basketball fan. You know, I would love, I would have loved to, you know, meet uh, LeBron James one day and hey man, let's shoot around a little bit. You know, yeah. I think that would be cool. So I think the students get to do that. Cause that's what they, that's how they explain it to me. It's like, man, it's like, <laughs> getting to train with one of your favorite athletes but right but be honest if you sat there and you got a chance to go shoot hoops with like lebron or somebody like that you'd probably try and test them out too like see if your crossover would work on lebron oh yeah like I'll you would push it up. so the, <laughs> exactly so yeah. i mean you can't blame the white belts for trying you know yeah, yeah I, would, I would try to cross them up man i would try to cross them up with, with what i got um but that but i learned early on so i've been teaching seminars uh since i got my black belt which now, I got my black belt in 2009, right? So, what was 11 years ago now? Mm -hmm. So, uh, I've been teaching seminars all over the world for a long time now. But my first year or two, I learned right away, when it comes time to do the sparring session with the students at the seminar, I have to be ready. Yeah. You have to be ready. And I'm always ready to go hard. And I go hard in a controlled way because I know how to do that, right? I know how to go hard, but controlled. Um, and usually I don't give anyone a chance to get anything off, right? Because I have, you know, something happened to me early on in my seminar career. I remember one of my first seminars, a blue belt asked me to train. And I said, sure, man, no problem. A young guy, young blue belt. And I, I've never, it's one of the times I've been, you know, the, the most angriest <laughs> I've ever been, right? Oh, he, uh, away. <laughs> yeah, he, we, you know, we went to shake hands. And I, I, I shit you guys not, man. When he shook my hand, he like locked onto my hand and pulled my arm in and went for a flying arm lock. And I got to say, he, he had me dead to rights, man. Like my arm was in there, it was extended and he was trying to crank hard. And I got out, I got out. You know, obviously if, if I felt like I was going to get hurt, I would have tapped, but he started ripping. And I remember I, I escaped I escaped and I remember I made eye contact with him. And when I made eye contact, I basically told him without saying any words, I'm about to beat the crap out of you, man. Today you die. <laughs> yeah. And when we made eye contact, he knew that was about to come. And it was I, at this point. He knew. He fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So I, I gave this guy, man, the worst beating I've ever given anybody on the match, man. Like just mean cross faces, hard, like neon belly, like just – you know, I didn't hurt him, but I was heard like, his pride. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, dude, what? You know, like I didn't say anything. You know, I, you know, I just, I let it be. But I mean, I, I let him know through through the sparring. But I was like, man, what? You know, like I thought to myself, I knew, I learned right there and then. People are out here trying to, you know, like like you said about me trying to cross over LeBron. Like, I just they're trying to. 
they're trying to cross me over. You know, I just imagine you like Will Smith and I am legend just holding the dog like, why are you making me do this? Why did you make me do this? Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. So but, what did he say know, to you after? Hold on. What did he say to you after? Did he apologize for being a douche or? No, you just uh, walk away from that. You just walk away and, and, and that's it. The walk away yeah, KO. I walked away, yeah, but his instructor apologized to me. There, he's like, "Man, I'm so sorry." I, you know, I, I talked to him. I don't know why he did that. I'm like, oh, "Man, it's cool, man, no problem." Um, but yeah, he his instructor apologized to me. But I can tell after the role was over, he was super embarrassed and just, just like, bummed out that I beat him up pretty bad. I would but, just like purposefully visit that gym every year just to be like you. Let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Walk out. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have not mind if he would have gone for the flying armbar with legit setup. You know, like no, no, no like a smack, he didn't even smack and bump. No, it was- no. He he pulled my arm in off the handshake, man. I was like, this motherfucker, man. Dirty. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I learned right there and then. Whenever I train with students at seminars, that I. I'm going to go at a solid pace. Of course, I'm not trying to go crazy. Like I'm in the finals of worlds, but I'm going to go at a solid pace where I'm going to keep myself safe and keep them safe too. You know, have you ever had, hey, what's uh, my name? Skip. I had a question first. You okay, go you. ahead. All right, go, go. A bitch. go. This is our podcast, son. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't want you spending 10 minutes talking about how you feel like you're 30 years old. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up, your face. Now, during your during these um, uh, seminars, your seminar career that you've done, have you come across like a young kid that you go, "Holy shit, this yeah. kid is going to like shock the world someday"? Like, I, I mean, like a tw- like anywhere from twelve to like fifteen, sixteen, where you're like, "Man, I'm glad that I'm this age now and not going to have to be compete against him in another ten years." Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely, man. I mean, there's kids that I've – because usually when I do seminars, some of the instructors will ask me, hey, do you mind some of my kids come to the seminar? They're super high level. They're really good. They're going to understand the position. I'm like, yeah, sure, man, no problem. So I've met some young kids who are like orange belts. Um, I've met some young teenagers who are blue belts who who are freaking good, man, like crazy good. And – you know, sometimes I got to use a little bit of manpower when I roll with them. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this is crazy, man. Um, so, yes, I, I've, I've come across, you know, more often, more, more often now over the last couple of years because the level of Jesus is just rising up everywhere. But, you know, the last couple of years, more often I've met, you know, young kids who I've told myself exactly what you said. I'm glad in 10 years when they're, like, competing at the highest level. I'll be at, you know, master two by then. Yeah. You know? <laughs> have have, you, know have you ever gotten to, to roll with Mikey Musumeci? Never, man, never. Dude. But, you know, the crazy part about it, Mikey used to message me. I remember he was, a, a kid, he was like a green belt when he used to send me messages on Facebook, like asking for advice or just saying what's up. And I used to write him back. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? You know, keep working hard. I remember I wrote him one thing, like, keep working hard, this and that. He sent me a video of him. Throwing his, your jersey at him and be like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and now it's crazy. Jersey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now it's crazy to see what he's turned into, man. He, he's, uh, he competes at, what, rooster weight and light featherweight? Yeah. I would, I would consider him the rooster weight, light featherweight goat right now, you know? Yeah. 
he he's the the small man jiu-jitsu goat right now and we trained with him when he was what 16 17 yeah he was still yeah. a brown he was still a was it purple and brown or just no brown? no no he was brown he was brown belt he was brown yeah um dude i was a brown belt when he was a brown belt and wow we rarely Dude, rolled that's together. That's why they say there's levels. We we <laughs> rarely yeah. we rarely rolled together. But to give you a, to give you an example, I, you know, I'm you know, I'm 285 pounds Oof. and I could not pass his friggin' guard. Yes. This, this yeah. 16, 17 year old kid. I was like, I did it once. I passed his guard once. Wow. And then then that was it. One time. One time. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, like that. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh-huh. No, it's like you just saw him fight Muhammad Ali at the eight, at the European. Oh my God! I watched class. that. And Muhammad Ali is a 260-pound athlete, man. Like he he he's a freaking athlete, and he couldn't pass Mikey's guard. I remember watching that match. I'm like, this is insane. And then Muhammad was saying that Mikey was making grips with his feet or something like that. Yeah. I was like, that's that's <laughs> wild, man. He's got monkey feet, you know. Yeah. But he he it's these kids. They've been training jujitsu since they were. You know, he's been training since he was four years old, so his body right. has developed to the sport. Exactly. Like, you can't compete with, like, with technique and then a physical body that's created for one single purpose, and that's to strangle another human being. Exactly, man. And I, and I got a, 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 you know, a, a kid's class at my academy who's got a bunch of kids like that who – who are young man and they've been training with me you know three years now since i've opened three four years now and you know i told myself that man in 10 years when these kids are you know 18 20 years old these kids are going to be savages man savages like sure. like you said their their bodies are going to be built for the sport and they're going to be training since since they're you know babies man little kids so uh, i'm excited to be a part of that future new wave man i'm excited just to be a coach though <laughs> but you started off like young too i mean you started off with karate yep yep you switched to i got another question too because i know you were you played basketball yep and you got yep. cut from the team i did i did why'd you get cut from the team before i get I to made, that next part <laughs> yeah I, I made it to final cuts man i made it to final cuts and it, I remember I got cut, and I was like, damn it, man. I, was, I almost made it. And I remember the coach talked to me. He goes, hey, man, I chose this kid over you because he needs some guidance right now. He needs, he needs uh, you know, he, he's, a, he's a trouble kid. And I can tell you, you know, you got your head on right, and he, he needs guidance right now. That's why I picked him over you. And I was like, I was like all right, whatever. You know that's what I'm a saying? stupid excuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah I th that's what I thought to myself, you know. And – that's when I, uh, in, you know, went completely deep into uh, martial arts. All right. And then you ended up getting your blue belt in like six months. Yeah. So I got my blue belt really quick. So, um, I, you know, I, I started focusing on, on jiu-jitsu super serious, like at 15 years old. But I've been involved with martial arts since I was 11. And I actually started with karate. And a few months into karate, my parents also signed me up for uh, mat clubs like wrestling. And I remember I was wrestling every weekend since I was a you know a young kid, and then when I made the transitions over to jujitsu, um, it was pretty natural for me just because I've been involved already with martial arts and wrestling. So my mind was ready to make that transition. Mm. And then a few months into training full blown jujitsu, uh, Hoist Gracie came down for a, a seminar, 
and he gave me my blue belt, man. So it was pretty wow. cool. Ooh. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so from being from that end of the spectrum and you see there's just such a handful of guys like you or like BJ Penn, all these people that just progress so quickly. Yeah. Is that where you see it comes really down from like a more natural uh, like grasp of the art or is it kind of they also put in the work? I, you know, it's a combination of the two. For me, I also put in the work, man. I, I can't really talk about or speak on anyone else's experience, but I know for me, when I was coming up through the ranks, I was, I physically understood jujitsu pretty well early on. But I also studied a lot, man. Like I was wa constantly watching videos, reading through magazines, learning techniques, breaking down techniques. I was watching matches, breaking down matches. And what I used to do, I used to watch like a high level match. And I used to, you know, for example, the high level guys then were like Jacare, Leo Vera, you know, guys like that. And I would watch them compete. And then I would say, man, look at that technique they hit in that match. And then what I would do, I would try, I would try to mimic that same technique in training for a week or two weeks. So I, I was also putting in the work as far as studying the, the game. You know, I was studying a lot and, you know, and like physically, uh, I also put in the work. You know, I was there training every day as much as I could as a young kid. And I took a natural, uh, it came naturally to me. So for me, it was a, a, a combo of the two. Where were you getting these videos? Were you getting like DVDs or are you getting actual videotapes? Uh, I was, there was, uh, it was DVDs, man. It's like when it was Budo videos, when yeah. Budo videos were still around and they had just started releasing like DVDs of, you know, world championships and Pan Ams. And I used to sit there and for hours I would just watch footage. Cause then at that time, YouTube didn't really have much on there. You know, YouTube just, yeah. it didn't really have much of videos. Well, seeing um, as you so got your black belt in 2009, yeah, you know, the, even then YouTube wasn't big. Even no, even it wasn't. It wasn't, man. So most of my studying came from just watching uh, competition DVDs that uh, Budo Videos released, or uh, you guys remember on the mat? Yeah. Like how, oh yeah, yeah. On the, oh, on the yeah. mat used to release like DVDs too and things like that. So I used to study those those DVDs all the time, man. For hours at a time, I used to study them, and that's where I got a lot of my uh, mental reps in. Did you have anyone that you like particularly idolized, like just starting off? Yeah, yeah, and I'm not, and that's, and I'm not gonna, I'm not saying this just because I, I had the, the honor of learning underneath him, but Andre Gabal, man, yeah. that is someone I've always watched since I was a white belt, just because I've always gravitated towards his style because I always thought his style was always the uh, most well-rounded. You know, I used to watch guys back then, and you know guys had their specialty like they were good x guard or good with takedowns and things like that when i used to watch uh gabal he was just he was a guy who was moving from top to bottom so you know so uh so smooth and that's something that i i, I took to right away i mean i'm like i like that guy's style a lot so when you saw the video of him like dancing on that on that one guy in the tournament yeah yeah. <laughs> what it what did went like what went through your mind when you watched that why did i try to heel hook him <laughs> i always wanted to get like the real inside story because there's a lot of different like stories about what happened that day do you do you know what really happened that day i don't know what really happened that day but from what i from what i i saw 
um, he he was upset, or at least what he told me was that he was upset the guy tried to go for a heel hook on him. And if you watch the match, the guy kind of started digging for it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was upset about that, and that's when he started doing all that. Uh, he put him in the washing machine, you know? Yeah. Do you have someone either that, again, another person that you looked up to or someone that you really wanted to have a super fight with that you have had it? Or is there someone that you want to have, like, a specific super fight with? Not that I'm trying to get you to call anybody out. Just kind of right. curious really on, like, you know. And don't look at me, bro. <laughs> listen i would pay you to beat the crap out of sean and film it that's all like i will i don't have a lot of money but i will pay for that super fight but do you do you yeah. have someone that particularly like you'd want to like challenge yourself with uh man okay let's say of if, all time of, of all, all time. time like you could Not go back now. in time like if you could go back at anybody yeah. at their at their peak like John Ray at their peak or hickson <laughs> you know what? I thought, you know, I, I think uh, at their peak. So, so Ted at A. Ted at A, man. I was, I was about to say, you read it, and you took the words right out of my mouth, man. Ted at A, man, because he's another guy that was just so explosive and um, and explosive and always brought the fight, man. That's something about me. When I compete, I like competing against guys who bring the fight, right? Because I think that's when I do my best. And when I do my best, uh, you know, works out for me most of the time, right? Um, but also the fans enjoy it, right? The fans get to enjoy a, a, a good match. I, I hate being involved in a match where we're just, you know, stuck in a certain position the entire match, man. I just hate it. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. Well, there, go there goes our super fight, bro. There it goes. <laughs> you just flush it down the toilet. Sean is the king of side control. <laughs> <laughs> so then that – Again, another two-parter, when you get stuck in those like situations where you get the staller, where the person's like, I'm just going to stay here because if I move, I know JT is going to get me. Like, how do yeah. you handle that? Um, it's tough, man. It's tough, especially when you have a high-level guy who knows what he's doing lock you up. It's tough, man. Um, I try to bring – a, you know, a high pace from early on in the match to help avoid getting stuck in positions like that. But it's tough, man. Like last year, um, I was at, you know, at, at Worlds. And I remember in the quarterfinals, I fought Izaki, right? And Izaki initiated the 50-50 position where he locked me 50-50, but he also took my lapel and wrapped it around my thigh, over my thigh and underneath his thigh, and then passed it off to his hand. Mm -hmm. So it was like 50-50 warm guard. And there was literally not much I can do just because we were just glued to one another. And, you know, unfortunately, the entire match stayed there. And it was hard for me to do anything because he knows what he's doing in that position. You know, to his credit, he knows how to control that position and sweep from there. So we went back and forth from that position, and he ended up winning, I think, 6-4 to four or 4-2, to two, something of that sort. But I think at that certain point, that's when uh, the organization and the referees need to step up. Yeah. Right. They, they, they need to make certain rules to help avoid things like that. Like in wrestling, they're stalemate. Right. There's there's things that they call stalemate. OK, restart. Start from the feet. You know, I think there's need to be there. There, there, there needs to be new rules to help not allow that certain stuff right. from happening. You know, I think that's probably why I gravitate and enjoy doing more nogi nowadays or competing in nogi just because there's less of that. It's just more action. 
Yeah. You know, you push that pace more. I feel the, the jiu-jitsu game, at least with the gi on, has taken a different approach these last couple of years where it's more about having a really solid game plan that allows you to win the match, you know, either by a, a, a single score or an advantage down to the wire. Where when you watch gi jiu-jitsu from 2005, you see guys freaking battling out, man. Battling out. Like, I have – I still have all those DVDs I was telling you guys about. And I'll watch, for example, I'll watch, um, you know, Worlds from 2005. And yeah. even watching the, the, the featherweights and light featherweights, man, they were fighting back then like they were heavyweights. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to take each other down. They're trying to pass each other's guard. Where nowadays, the style is different. It's different. And I know everything involved, evolves in life, but – I believe we need to evolve in the right direction to make it more of a spectator-friendly sport. You know, this way we can, you know, get more fans. More fans equals more yeah. money, more sponsors, things like that. Um, FedEx but money. got to get that FedEx money. We got to get that FedEx money, man. We got to get the Supreme <laughs> money, you know? Yeah, get the Supreme money. Uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's where I'm at with that. I think at a certain point the organization needs to step up because I can do everything I can in my power to stop it. But if the referees are not going to call stalling or stalemate, it's like, what the hell do you guys want me to do? You know what yeah. I'm saying? This, you know, if someone's latching onto my leg with lapels wrapped all around. Yeah. It's like, not hey, much I can do. you come here and you show me how you would get out of this. Right, right. And sometimes the referee looks at me and gives me a stalling call. I'm like, man, I'm trying to get the <laughs> frick out of this position. I can't. Yeah. You know? so, exactly what you said. I want them to jump into this position yeah, and like, show me how to get out. Come here, big man. Show me yeah. what's up. So yeah. that's why I actually – one of my favorite matches at ADCC was you against Wagner. Yeah. Because he always pushes the pace and you guys actually had competed against each other a month before at fight. To yeah. Win. Yeah. So I feel like there was probably like a little bit extra on his end of like wanting to get it back, but obviously being yeah. at the level of ADCC. So obviously you managed to keep your cool. Most people can't keep their cool like that when they're going up against Wagner, just because of how he pushes everything. Right. How do you approach competing against guys like that? Um, I mean, I just stay focused, man. And I think being from New York helps it too, man. I grew up, you know, I grew up in the Bronx, man. And, you know, I'm from New York, born and raised in New York. And, you know, uh, we, I grew up slap boxing, man. That's something we do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So, when, so when he was trying to, you know, slap my head around, I was like, okay, man, that's no problem. I used to do this when I was a kid. Yeah. It's like, this takes me back. Yeah. Uh, I, I've watched matches of, of Wagner's where he'll piss some people off, man. Bad, yeah. bad. I'm, and I remember there's one match. I can't forget who it was against, but he he slapped this guy pretty hard, man. And the guy got upset and lift, like raised his posture and went to slap Wagner back. When he went to slap Wagner back, Wagner changed his level and just double legged him. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's what Wagner wants, man. That's yeah. what he wants. So, uh, you know, Having, you know, tough training partners. And, and, and I also credit this to wrestling, too, man. Like, I started <laughs> wrestling at 11 years old. And, you know, New York State, New Jersey State, uh, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, we're, they're really strong wrestling states out here. You know, we got some really good wrestlers who come out of here. So, you know, since a kid, I was wrestling and stuff like that. And wrestling's tough, man. It's yeah. rough and tough, man. Like, we're, you know, it, it's tough. Wrestling, I'm going to say this, it's, it's tougher than jiu-jitsu, man, in the sense of just the grind. And it really, yeah, I would, I'm like, like it's, I remember because I wrestled in high school and I remember being 
exhausted. And we yeah. only went six minutes. It was, it was three two-minute periods. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. more tired after those than I've ever been after any one of my jujitsu matches. Oh, yeah, six man. Six minutes straight or seven or, you know, whatever. I was oh, yeah. six, actually, because I'm old. Well, but, I mean, um, <laughs> it's kind of like in, in jujitsu, you have an out. You get tapped out. You have an out. In wrestling, there's not as many outs. There's yeah, a get couple to, of ways. Yeah, I mean, and that's the only one. So, like, there's, there's nothing really you can do. It's like if it's a five-minute match, six-minute match, whatever, like, you have to live yeah. through those five, six minutes. Well, it's, it's, the attack, it's the constant attack of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, and the rules. And you're on your feet, though. Like, you're on your – like, everybody will tell you that the most exhausting part of jiu-jitsu is the stand. It's worth yeah. in oh, the yeah. beginning. 100%. And, and wrestling is mostly that unless you're, you know, unless you're really good at it or really bad at it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true, man. And the referees don't play around either in wrestling. They'll call you for stalling or for stalemate right away. Yeah. You know, where in jiu-jitsu, you'd be stuck in a position for eight minutes until they start giving out some sort of, you know, yeah. warning or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, come on, man. Just stand us back up, man. We're yeah. stuck here, you know. Or the worst is when, yeah, like when you're just sitting there forever, you're moving, the other guy isn't. Yeah, on, exactly, man. exactly. So is there, I mean, not that you, you don't have that many losses, but do you have a loss that you want to get back? Is there, like, any matches oh, for yeah. you where you're like, I, I need that There's this <laughs> blue belt one time. There's this one blue belt. Besides <laughs> the blue belt. <laughs> he learned uh, his actually, lesson. Yeah, oh, yeah, he learned his lesson that day. Um, I would love to have a match with Kron Gracie. Yeah. Yeah, so we were, we're, we were having a good match in, in ADCC 2013 in Beijing, China. And I was pushing the pace, man. Took him down. Uh, I was, I was, I felt like I was wearing him down, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. I feel like I was wearing him down. And he caught an uh, armbar, right? He caught an armbar on me, man. I made, I made, if you watch the video, I made such a simple mistake, man. He put me into his clothes yard, and I put my freaking hands on the mat, you yeah. know. And I remember in the hotel after the tournament was over. You know, I, I walked, we walked into one another and I congratulated him and all that. And we were talking for a little bit and he told me, he goes, man, I know. He goes, I was so glad I caught that armbar. I don't know how I was going to, I don't know how I was going to win that match, man. And I was like, oh man, well, thank you. I guess that makes me feel a little bit better, you know? <laughs> um, but if you watch our, our match, I probably gave him, you know, between me and Gary, I would say, probably gave him the hardest time for, for you know, the run for his money at the tournament, you know? Yeah. Um, but I feel like I was in really good control of that match. And I felt the match was going into my favor. And then I, you know, just made a mistake. And to his credit, he capitalized on that mistake. And he was on fire that day, too. It was his, it was his day to shine, for sure. Um, he hit that like flow. To, yeah, you get that flow, man. Everyone, everyone has their day. So um, not taking anything away from the guy. He's, he's, you know, he's great, too, man. He's a great jiu-jitsu fighter. But I would love to have a, a match with him again, you know, sometime in the future. I think that would be cool. Um, Maybe one day we can do an ADCC super fight, or I don't know. Maybe he comes back to ADCC. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, listen, the UFC is taking a break right now, so, you know. True. There's no true. MMA fights going on. It'd there's be a no, good match. There's no, there's no fights going on right now. Seriously. Yeah, true. No jiu-jitsu fights either. We can have jiu-jitsu, uh, like, we can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> did you watch this uh, the submission underground? Did you I watch? Didn't, I didn't watch it, but I heard about it. I saw I saw the clip of, of – uh, Craig getting the the leg lock on on, uh, on Kevin. Kevin Casey, but yeah, but I, I I didn't see the actual event though. Yeah, it was it was it was funny. It was a little bit more entertaining than I would expect, but it was literally just Chael watching people grapple and and talking. 
So crazy, it's, like, it's it's entertaining. Listen, it's better than nothing. And I yeah. respect the fact that at least, you know, he, he got some guys paid during everything that was going on. Right. So it's better than nothing. So we'll see, man. But right. we took up enough of your time, man. I know you Wait, got – I got one more question. I got oh. one more question before we go. Oh, man. Hey, what's up? Your top three Netflix movies oh, that gosh. everybody needs to watch during quarantine uh, right now. Go. Oh, man. I don't got – they're not movies, but they're, they're document uh, shows. The Tiger King. Ozarks and oh man, those are the only two I've been watching right now. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Is that a hidden gem that like you love that you wouldn't tell anybody normally? But guilty. Like, how about how about guilty pleasure of Netflix? How about that? Like which ones? Yeah. Like you kind of don't want everybody to know, but that's Tiger King. But everybody loves Ti- it. T- Tiger King. Yeah, Tiger King, man. <laughs> oh, man. I, I was uh that 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 was a crazy documentary, man. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm curious to see what's happening. You know they opened up the the case on her again. They should, man. She definitely killed her husband. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. For sure that, she did. That goddamn Carol Baskin. <laughs> Listen, I could save everybody a lot of money and let you know she did it. Oh, for sure, man. 100%. Uh, JT, thank you so much. Uh, so are you still doing the um, the essential classes online, like Essential BJJ online? Yep. So right now I'm doing uh, online classes Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 7 p.m. for my students. I'm also doing a lot of um, uh, prior lessons actually online too. Um, I'm doing a lot of lessons on, you know, people just talking to me about mindset, how to structure a training camp, how to just approach training. Um, and I've also been doing technical uh, prior lessons in the sense where people ask me questions on positions and I actually have my, my fiance here. She puts her gi on. Or, you know, if you guys want to do no gi and I'll, you know, ask, they'll ask me questions. And then what I'll do, I'll teach them the positions or, uh, you know, explain the techniques on my fiance mm. and people screen recorded and things like that. So that's been going pretty well. I have a, actually a lot of people asking me for lessons through, through, you know, online. So I've been keeping my, myself busy with that. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm glad to hear at least you, you're still being able to, to push stuff for, for your students yeah. and the content and get the income coming in. Yeah. Especially yeah. the academy. That's awesome, man. So, right. So if everybody wants to follow you, it's JT Taurus BJJ and Essential BJJ on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, So actually on Instagram, it's J Taurus BJJ. So I took out the extra T there. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. So on Instagram, it's uh, J Taurus BJJ. Same thing on Facebook. Um, EssentialBJJOnline.com. If you guys want to check out some online content um, that I've been posting daily. If you guys want to check out those uh, Poland training sessions, those sparring sessions where Mm -hmm. I battle the 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 polish hammers uh check that out um but yeah yeah uh check me out you can check out my academy on instagram to essential bjj look it up on instagram you'll see all the info there too that's awesome so like now is definitely the best time to get a hold of jt if you want to do some online instruction or get some kind of instruction because otherwise he's hard to fit into the schedule for sure oh yeah yeah don't worry. So we'll push it out there for sure. If for those of you that, that didn't catch it, we're, we're going to have all the links at the bottom of the YouTube channel and on Instagram. So everything will be out there, man. Hopefully we can push some more people your way and start. Thank learning. you, man. Appreciate it, man. All Appreciate right. you guys having me on the show today. No, listen, man. Anytime you, you want to kill time and talk shit with us, you're, you're always welcome to, man. I'd love to have you guys on here. You next time we'll get the wife too. So yeah, she, let's do it. She can yeah. give us the embarrassing stories next time. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Awesome. Thanks, JT, man. Take care. Stay safe. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll catch up with you later on, brother. Likewise, guys. Thank you, guys. Take care. Take care, brother. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, man. That was fun. Yeah. That's cool. Um, 
Listen, guys, as always, don't forget to follow. Yeah, Sean. I'm up here. Like, I'm. Oh, on my screen, you're this way. On, on my screen, you're below me. Oh. Oh, because you have the gallery view. So you're, yeah, you got to click that button. Anyway, follow this, this guy uh, at uh, Gorilla Boy BJJ. Uh, make sure you make fun of him as much as possible. Send, uh, send co- Corona photos to him or something. Whatever, bother him. Follow the podcast at uh, Jiu-Jitsu Radio, or you can follow me at Sunder Marketing. I'm actually going through a lot of my hard drives now, a lot of stuff that I completely forgot I had and never posted. So there's going to be a lot of content uh, coming out that's never been published before, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. So make sure you check it out. Um, check out jujitsuradio.com. Check out the store. Damn, I should have brought it here. We got something big coming up. We got a, a collab coming out with Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. So make sure you follow our sponsors. Check out Choke Aloha. Check out Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. Check out Giraffe Choke. Sporting one of my favorite shirts, the Superman Punch. You can pick all that stuff up. Discount promo codes are at the bottom of the video or on the uh, actual description of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys next week. Please stay safe. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face like I kept catching myself doing throughout the podcast. Don't touch your freaking face, uh, and we'll catch you guys next time. See you guys. You can't leave <laughs>